like I said at, at the beginning here, today's service will be a little different. Um, I don't have a formal sermon for you this morning. I will be speaking uh, about some vision and looking back and dreaming forward with you this morning. But as I said in the e-newsletter, or as we wrote in the e-newsletter earlier, um, we wanted to take this opportunity uh, on this date, December 31st, 2023, to look back. And uh, we do, we've done this as a tradition at the Rock Church uh, to do a resolution-oriented message. And again, not about New Year's resolutions because we all know those don't work, right? January 31st, it's over, right? So, but it, it's good. It, it is good to make a plan. It really is to make a plan and, and to have certain changes and so forth. But what we like to do is two things. Number one is um, look back and then also dream forward a little bit into the new year. And so... Um, what I want to do this morning is uh, I want to start off with, and I'll show you actually on the next screen, well, yeah, where we are. This is what we're going to do this morning, looking back, a review of the 20, uh, 2023, your gospel stories, and then dreaming forward with some vision and just some thoughts to, for us to look at. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to start with you. Um, I will have a couple things maybe to say as my, my, myself about looking back, especially about some events in the church, but also maybe personally. And so here's, here's the idea. The idea is, is that uh, as a church, um, we encourage you to obviously be here on Sunday mornings, to have fellowship with one another, um, and I'm going to get into that in the Dreaming Forward stage of how we'd like to see that continue to grow in the new year, and uh, some ideas that we have around the word liturgy, which is a good word, by the way. I'll explain it later and why it's good. Uh, but also that we, you know, we, we, we come here, we hear the word preached, uh, we have our study guides, we, we actively listen to learn and have our questions and so forth, and also our, uh, have the Holy Spirit speak to us. We go into missional community group throughout the week, and we share with one another, and we share with one another, and that's the idea of this morning. The idea this morning is I'm going to put a mic here right now, and I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to encourage any one of you who, who is here this morning, anyone, don't be shy. There's always that awkward few seconds, and I can almost guarantee you that if, if it takes 30 seconds, I can think of two people who will be here, okay? But seriously, think about it this way, and I put it in the uh, e-newsletter this way. Uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be anything major. It can be just a small thing, but just one thing is you look back on this last year. How did the Lord, how did the Holy Spirit speak into your life? personally, but also through your brothers and sisters in this church and in this church family. How have you been blessed? How have you blessed someone else? Share with us. That's the point. We do this in community group, and it's good to do it corporately as a church. And uh, again, if you're visiting here this morning, this is, this is church, by the way. This is what we should be doing. And, uh, and so I just want to give you that opportunity. Okay, I'm going to stop and step aside, and I'm going to put the microphone right here. And as many of you uh, who want to come up and speak, we'll... Uh, We'll ask you to do that. Don't be shy.
Um, I will start by saying that I'm incredibly uncomfortable with a microphone without the praise team up here with me, so... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have a lot to be thankful for standing up here right now. <laughs> Nick, could you not sing your breath in our lungs this week? <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> um, woo, yeah, um, we had a lot of emotions flying over the last um, week and a half. Most of you know, we were in the hospital for six days with Kai, um, three different hospitals over the course of the six days, and it uh, didn't really hit until day two or three, the gravity of the situation and um, how serious things could have turned out. But, um, yeah, sorry, I might lose it here again, but a few extra emotions going on. <laughs> Um, but I just want to say thank you so, so much to all of you for all of the prayers and all of the encouraging notes that you all sent. Um, sorry. I don't know playing there. <laughs> I didn't think I'd lose it. Sorry. Um, but we really saw the power of prayer through Kai's journey there. Um, and there's just one moment that I wanted to share with you that was like a real standout moment for us. Um, I had asked specifically um, for prayer for, obviously, for Kai's lungs, for healing, because he, uh, he did get diagnosed with RSV, um, and we're ongoing managing just some, like, asthma and stuff now. You can see him this morning. He's back, bounced back about 150% already, because kids, man, they're resilient. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have some, some management and learning curve as parents for him um, going forward, but... The second thing I had specifically asked for, we had been transferred from Squamish General to Lionsgate to the pediatric wing there, and they hit a point where they're like, we actually can't offer him any further care, and he needs to go to a pediatric ICU um, rather than staying with their team there. They didn't have the resources. And uh, so the other prayer request I'd put out was, to specifically pray for a bed to open up at BC Children's Hospital, which was the closest pediatric ICU we could be transferred to, but they were full, we kept hearing. And so the only option was to be flown to Victoria, which I'm very thankful that that's still not far away and it would have been a great option, but it meant a plane transfer and logistically just some other difficulties along with that. Um, and of course, then we weren't able to as easily have family and friends and support um, just come to us as we had been receiving in Lionsgate at that point. And uh, it was like day three. Kai was on the stretcher. We were ready to be transferred by ambulance, our second ambulance, to the airport to be flown to Victoria. And before we left the room, the driver got a call and said, it's a Christmas miracle. We're going to Children's. So we didn't even leave the room to go to Victoria, and we were on our way to Children's Hospital. And they, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the power of prayer. That was you guys and everyone praying for him. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, really appreciate you guys and community. And um, yeah, we saw a lot of God's hand in that story. Thank you.
I don't have, I'm not supposed to be tearful, but we'll see how I do. <laughs> I was just having some compassionate tears there. Um, yeah, so I was actually just driving here with Risa this morning and saying, like, you know, the African church, when I've been attending some African services, really know how to do testimony well, and I feel strongly that we should do more testimony regularly. And now we have the opportunity today to do it, so then I thought, well, then I'll definitely have to try and share something if, if, if nobody else comes forward, so we'll see. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to, uh, I think in the past, when it comes to the end of the year, sometimes people have said, like, what was your word, you know, your word for the year, and what is your maybe word for the coming year? Um, yeah, so I was thinking about that this morning or in the middle of the night when I was up with Daniel, and I was like, okay, well, I have time now to prepare maybe to say something. And when I think of 2023, I think of the word steadfast, and um, that's been sort of my word. It's been, um, yeah, the last year or two has been a bit tumultuous for me, emotionally and circumstances, and um, and also just for me and, and really like making decisions together. It's been a time where I felt like things have been a little bit like, you know, like being on a, on a boat, like with waves up and down. And yeah, it's just really been something that has been uh, something that I've been really thankful for the Lord to like help me remain steadfast. And um, yeah, and then also just sometimes just being steadfast together as a couple, like we've really been very blessed this year with our small group. It's been a time that has been so rewarding the last few months just to see how God has worked in our small group and our, um, in our home that we're hosting. Just how we have been present and we've been there every week um, steadfastly like hosting and, and being invested in those relationships. But to really see how God has grown people and also have helped our group also navigate some difficult things. We've had, you know, we've had Risa join us and we've had um, new believers, like people coming to faith in our small group. We've had Marcus pass away in our small group. You know, it's been a time of, yeah, lots of, lots of emotions, but it's been really rewarding to see how God has worked in that time. Yeah, and then if I think of 2024, I think of the word hope. Like that's been um, another word that has come to mind. And I want to read two um, scriptures that has just sort of summarized that well for me. So the one is um, the one is actually Psalm. Oh, I'll start with one Corinthians fifteen, verse fifty-six to fifty-eight. It says, "The sting of death is sin, and the power of this of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the glory through our Lord Jesus Christ, or the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ." Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So just that encouragement to remain steadfast. And then the other um, psalm that um, sort of ties the two words together so beautifully for me, steadfast and hope, is Psalm 33. And I'm going to read verse 18 to 22. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Yeah, and then just that, that steadfastness actually is being for us to trust in God's steadfast love to be that source and at the same time 
uh, to put us in our hope in him. And that's my prayer as well for 2024, to be able to to put my hope in him. And um, I just love that we were singing this morning, just like for our souls, just to wait on the Lord. And that's really also part of this song, which is so beautiful. And then I really hope that I could be more in a place that I'm able to be still and to long for him to come, like when he, that my hope is for him to come back, you know, as we're waiting for him to, to come back to, to be face to face with him one day. Um, yeah, so that was just sort of what I wanted to share. And uh, yeah, whoever else wants to come forward, <laughs> Risa. <laughs> Whoa. Coming from even an African church where testimonies are a big part, it's a part of service I don't like. <laughs> so thanks to Rudy, I'm going to do a little lengthy introduction. It's true they said like we should do our gospel stories from 2024, but I'll take us a bit back to April, sorry, 2023, I'll take us a bit back to April 2022 when I actually moved to Canada from Africa, actually from Cameroon in Central Africa. So I got here in April. I joined the Rock Church in like May, I think the first weekend of May 2022. Whoa, like gradually one month into Canada and I was like, this is real, like... <laughs> The Canadian trip I thought was going to change my life in a heartbeat had its own fair shelf challenges I wasn't prepared for in the least way. But I got, like, I got met up with, like, when I came to church, I just saw God's love. I saw, like, a real community. Because, like, moving to Canada, first thing was housing. We had to live, like, at the Squamish Adventure Inn for a month or so to wait till like the apartment were promised get like to open up finally in may when we moved into the apartment all we had was like a king size bed <laughs> king size mattress and two sectional couches for five girls that was huge i was like okay i never shared a room in my life when i was 12 so it was something to share like a bedroom with four other ladies <laughs> so like through the church and through the love of the church through you all we got to like have blankets. I kept saying, okay, I'm not alone. Like I have four other girls I'm living with. We never had blankets, never had even kitchen stuff. And like the church was there supporting rights and everything. And like they even introduced me to community services and other community support groups that help immigrants adapt. Well, that was it for 2022. So I would say by the summer of 2022, I knew my way around thanks to you all. But again, like by December 2022, whew, Christmas, like the fa last five years were challenging. Like I was telling my friends, I was like, I've been living on survival mode. Like just like a lot of stuff I still had to figure out. Like at that point, my greatest need was like getting a room of my own. I was looking at my budget and getting a room in Squamish or something else. Well, through God's grace, like God came through again and I found like a bedroom in a shared apartment that was within my budget. We also like, I moved in in like January 2023. But again, like January came with its own fair share of challenges. Like I had to figure out PR application. I had to figure out work permit because like my work permit was like two years and 
I was getting the one-year Canadian experience ready to apply for PR, and I had no clue how I was going to go about that. To say the least, I was an anxious wreck. Like I, had, like I was just me trying to use my brain to figure out how all of this was going to happen because I knew I never had the money for that. And before I knew it, by May, t- May 2022, I found that I was pregnant and that was the least of my problems. Like, I was like, okay, I still have PR to think of. I have work permit to think of. Now pregnancy, how do I even start? And funny enough, it's at that point, it dawned on me like I've been trying to get results on my own. I've just been like banging my hair on this brick wall and, brick wall, and I just needed to surrender. It was at that point I knew like, okay, I'd come to the end of myself and I just needed to surrender to God and let him take over everything. <laughs> and again, like, I was shocked at the church's reaction. Like, coming from a Pentecostal background, I was expected to be excommunicated from the church or something like, sister, you will now sit behind there or you will not do this. But again, it was just like love and compassion from the church, encouragement. And the last six months, I've watched God done amazing, like, he's done amazing things in my life. I got housing, I got baby stuff, PR applications sent, um, the, the fees I was owing, the, the fees I was owing, the, the agent I came to was paid, my open work permit is applied for, and I'm like, whoa, God, this can be you. Like, I'm looking like, if at the beginning of the year, maybe if I trusted you more, like, it's crazy. Like, all these things have been done, like, within six months, stress-free, like, God has just come through for me. And I'm so thankful. So two scriptures that stood out for me this year. Give me a second. Two scriptures that stood out for me this year were Romans 5.20, which says, Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abound all the more. Like, I've just seen God's grace, like, even when I was struggling with sin and stuff, like, God's grace has been there for me. And also, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, which say, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. I mean, like, I've seen God's grace and I've seen him, like, walk way beyond my imagination. Thank you. Thank you, Risa. Uh, we have maybe time for one more uh, or more. Oh, I thought so. <laughs> well, I'm definitely key on um, anniversaries, and I recently celebrated one of 10 years of sobriety. Yes, thank God. And if you know me, I'm also a numbers guy. And um, looking at what's going on in the lower downtown east side, we started off at 323 
people who died of drug overdose. We're on pace for 2,500 this year. And I'm reminded every year of what I've been saved from. And this year, the, the word that was put on my, my heart it comes from Job 28.28. 28. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and turning away from evil is understanding. Now this year, what I would normally do is every time I'd see these lost souls, I would turn a blind eye. I would say, forget it. They're done. Someone else will take care of it. Not this year. So this year, basically what I would go is I would see someone who is in the process of using and I would tell them exactly what they're about to do. I tell them that the hard truth that was told to me, that only through the power of Christ can I have freedom, that I will not find any comfort in this world with any man-made solution, only a spiritual remedy, a spiritual remedy that comes from our Father above. And so, instead of turning a blind eye, I made it my point to go and start saying these things. I even managed to convince a guy to march himself down to a detox center. And I realized that, you know, every time I do this, every time I've been threatened, every time I've had someone even with a knife, I am more afraid today that I did not say and take these times to speak the truth into these people's lives than I am of whatever you or anyone else could possibly do to me. Because I know the, the, the sheer hell that it is out there. And that if we as a body decide today that we are going to start seeing these things and speaking life into these people and tell them that you can have freedom, that you can have life to the fullest, and that you can find the family that you so crave, it just takes one person. It took our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to decide that he was going to sacrifice himself the sins of all. And so I challenge everyone here today that when you see that, don't turn a blind eye to it. Speak the truth in love to these lost souls. And maybe we just might find a few of them here. Thanks. Sorry, Glenn. I'll try to keep the, this quick. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I, I have incredible stage fright <laughs> standing in front of people, so um, uh, forgive me if I'm a bit nervous here. Um, I just wanted to too quickly share <clears throat> some of what's been going on inside of me for the last couple of years. Um, I, uh, for those who know me, I've gone through a, some... Um, really heavy, traumatic stuff. And God has, taken, has been taking me through a really difficult process to work out and reveal to me what's in my own heart that I need to submit to him. And, and it has not been easy. There has been tremendous heartache, um, despair, like financial ruination, pain, just lost suffering, uncertainty. But no matter how much the enemy tried to, to discourage and pile woe upon woe upon me, God's grace 
and abundance and provision was, was abound all the more. And he has continued to provide more and more that he has looked after me through the love of, of the body here and through his encouragement of me through his word. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and he has been showing, showing me to let go of let go of, of what I think should be just and fair and what I, how I think things should happen. And I'm, I'm still not there yet, but I'm, I'm praying that God will help me to reach that, des that destination to let him do his work in his way and not, and not insist on my own way. And I want to encourage you all that no matter what any of you are, are going through, that God's grace and love will abound and provision will abound all the more for when you need it at the, at the right time. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Um, I think what we've evidenced uh, this morning is that uh, I think, I don't know was it, who said it, but I think the evidence is, is that we should do this more often, don't you think? <laughs> so we're going to. Uh, we are going to do that. I think it's wonderful, and I want to thank everyone who shared this morning. Um, can I just pray before we go further just for those individuals who did share? Because, uh, well, in every case, um, but in a few specifics, uh, there's, there's still a lot of pain, and there's still a lot of struggle. And uh, some of you who are here, I, I know some of you, and I don't know all of you, but come on. I mean, in all of our lives, there's pain and there's struggle. It's called the world that we live in. And yet we have our Savior. We have the Holy Spirit. We have grace that abounds. So let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we come to you this morning. We thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing in our body and in our church. Lord, I thank you so much for this body, for this church. I just thank you, Lord, for however it happened. Uh, obviously, it was some of us who started here who, who wanted to see it because we knew it was your heart and your will. But for so many years, when people would visit the rock, they would comment that there was a palpable love in this church. And so, Lord, um, I just thank you for that. I thank you for the fact that you're the one doing that. Um, I thank you for the fact that we... We get to see it. We get to express it. Um, we get to feel it. And so, Lord, I just pray for these individuals who spoke this morning. And I thank you for every one of them, for their testimony, for their willingness to be able to declare that it is you who are working in their lives. At the same time, Lord, you are using the body, the members of this church, their church family, to be a part of that for them. And so, Lord, we just pray. We just pray that we would continue to be that church even more so in the days and the months and the years ahead. So I give you thanks again for all these individuals. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to heal their hearts, uh, provide for their, their situation and their life, and through us, Lord, that they would be blessed. So I thank you in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. Um, yeah, 
Way to go, some of you guys. Let me put this over here. I want to share a few things with you this morning, and I'm, I'm going to be brief, but I just want to look back a little bit with you this morning. Um, just to highlight a few things. I mean, used to go through some things uh, in previous years where we would talk about, I think it was John who said numbers, right? We're going to save that for the third week in January because we're going to have an AGM, which is going to be pretty important as a church. It's going to be a, a very important and pivotal AGM for us as a church. Uh, we're going to be casting a lot of vision then. So we'll talk about the numbers then. But I just want to highlight a few things that happened this past year. I'll leave my personal stuff aside at this point. Um, but just to say that, if, well, I can say personally as, as your pastor, um, lead pastor, and, and the one responsible originally with my wife and our family planting this church, this year started really well. <laughs> Very encouraging to our hearts. In January this year, we had uh, Rudy as an elder, myself as an elder, Kevin had joined us as an elder, and then we had these two rookies, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, Joey and Gavin had come into eldership and training. Uh, that was incredibly encouraging to us um, uh, as elders and our wives because we, we knew the work of ministry in, in the church is the work of everyone, but we also need more leaders. We need more people stepping up to say, we'll look after this or this or that. We'll support you, pastor, church member, and so that was super, super exciting. One of the things that also happened back in January was we finally got to the point where after a year of praying and a year of closure of this, our building, this Ledge Cafe, Community Coffee House, um, we got to the point after surveying our church of having a town hall uh, that Kevin and a few others on our vision team led out. And we had decided to go over the survey that you had filled out. Many of you are attenders and members of the church. You'll remember the survey. That was also really encouraging um, because a couple of things happened through that, and that is, is that, well, it was a bit discouraging, to be honest with you, the year before that we had to close. Um, now, it was, it was positive on the sense that both Nick and Jeff, who were managing and leading it, had done an awesome job for 4.5 years, actually 0.5 of a year longer than they'd committed to it. And, uh, but they, they had to pass the baton. They had to uh, step out and, and go on and, and um, have their lives and move on. But also, it was a realization that, look, we want to do ministry here. And they, they were busting their chops day in, day out, just trying to sell enough coffee and muffins and whatever to, to be able to uh, pay their way and the ledge's way and the staff's way, the people who are helping with them. And there was very little time to do ministry. They did do ministry. They loved on a lot of people who came here. It was very noticeable because when we got canceled and closed, because there was that as part of it, some of the people who came in here afterwards and shared their hearts with the staff and with me and with others, it was pretty clear that... Um, and we're talking some of the least, the last, and the lost, it was clear they were loved on very much by our team. So what, what came out of that vision team meeting that I was super encouraged about was someone, a couple of people filled out the survey and said something along the lines of, well, look, if we're going to get canceled and there's not even any Bibles or a cross in the ledge during the week, let's go full tilt. <laughs> let's just make Jesus known all the time here in the ledge, Monday to Saturday. Amen? I found that very encouraging. Still, it is a challenge, right? 
So another initiative that uh, took place as a result of that is we began down the process of getting our charitable status. That's a long story. Some of you don't know. Uh, we have been flying under the flag as a charity, under our denominations flag as a church plant for longer than we probably should have. But we started down that process, legal process, spending money, but also having it done in certain ways so that when we reopen, if we can, and we prayerfully will, um, we can run this as a ministry center under the charitable status of the Rock Church, all folded into one. So we started down that process. It's been really, really going well. And um, I'm just going to run through a couple of highlights in a second, but just to say that the, the major highlight really I feel as a church that I want to share with you is when we got to around the summer, it was pretty clear that um, th- the vision was coalescing. There were some people primarily led by the man on fire himself, Rudy, uh, it was just like, okay, this has to happen, and I need to be part of it. And uh, he stepped up and started casting some vision and speaking to people, and uh, that really uh, took hold. And by September, um, Rudy was coming back on board as an associate pastor here at the Rock Church, part-time to begin with, and hopefully full-time very soon. Um, and he started the hashtag OMG team. No, we're not taking the Lord's name in vain, right? It, it, it's the Outreach Missions Group. And that has coalesced into something that, again, we want to share with you more in a few weeks that is really encouraging for 2024, and we'll cast more vision on that later. A few highlights, though, that I just want to mention from last year are, first of all, I have to say that, look, as a church, we have elders, we have leaders, we have a lot of ministry team supporters. We have an amazing group of people. Those of you who were here Christmas Eve, you heard one of our worship team groups, and you heard Nick up here this morning with another group. Um, we have so many people at the Rock Church that it's just too, it takes too long to mention everyone, but I just want to thank you. Our church thanks you. For people who show up on Sunday morning at, at 7.30, 8 o'clock and practice and get ready, audio video team, live streaming, ministry team upstairs with children, cafe team, coffee's good, right? Come on. Um, we're a blessed church in so many ways. The other is, is that, and, and I will speak numbers, you know, like it takes five or six years, obviously, sometimes as a church plant to become what's called self-supporting. We're not self-supporting. The Lord supplies, but I mean not having other churches or a denomination, you know, paying my salary or helping us pay the rent here and all the rest of it. Well, I got to say for the last three or four years, and it looks like today, um, we will, again, maybe for the fourth year in a row, we will end up with a surplus in giving. Nice. Look, again, if you knew the numbers from the, the number of people we actually have in this church, um, the faithful, and we have, a, we have a significant budget. You'll see in third week of January, people go, wow, we, we raised that amount of money to, to do church? Yes, yes, we do. But you're faithful. Our church is extremely faithful. Also, this past year, through the giving of this church, we have been able to support Young Life, uh, the ministry of Ali Huguet, who's... Allie and Dustin are sick. Their little boy was sick through Christmas as well. Um, And we've been able to give money to that. We've been able to give money to C2C. We're a tithing church, by the way. We give 10% of what you give to us away, to missions or to people who need it. We've actually given more than that this year. And I'm really, really grateful for that, to C2C, a church planning network that helped me get here. Uh, To MB Mission, our denomination's uh, international missions organization, we've given money to. It's, It's been incredible. A few other initiatives that have taken place this year that are incredibly encouraging is Churches Together, something that I've spearheaded, yes, but 
Other churches have joined us, Grace Church on 99, Squamish Baptist so far. We're hoping other churches will join us in the new year to be able to do church together in this community and, and spread the wealth of, of gifted people and what we're doing. And so last year, in, in, uh, I think it was in the summer, I think Joey, who's away, uh, him and Jen and and they, I don't know if they got permission to go away this Christmas. But anyway, uh, they've been away, and he'll be back soon. He, he had this on his heart prayer room Tuesday morning. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's a really vital ministry of the Rock Church today, and I'm so grateful for Joey and for those who come to it. People from the Baptist Church come. People from Grace Church on 99 occasionally come. You come. More of you could come. It's been an incredible, incredible blessing and we've seen that expanded to a fall fest again in the fall, to worship nights together, October, November, December. It's, it's so encouraging. And I know, speaking to the other pastors and members of the other church, it's encouraging to them to see that happening in our church family in Squamish. Also, we had a banner year, Carol Turvet will tell you, with Operation Christmas Child. Amen? Shoeboxes. This is all encouraging stuff. There are other things that some of you are doing that don't get highlighted, which is why we have an open mic. And so in the future, please highlight those things. And finally, we had a great Christmas Eve service this year, two sold-out services. I, I would say probably 40% of the Rock Church was away this Christmas. You know, in our family, like our sons, the, there's one Christmas where they're with us, and then there's another Christmas the next year, they're with their wives' parents, right? And that's what this is that year. And so about 40% of our church was away this Christmas. People were sick, not able to get out. We had 95 to 100 people here at two services, each service. I just want to encourage you, church, as I look forward with you in a second, um, at least 50% of the people who were here on Christmas Eve do not regularly attend church, at least not the rock. And they heard beautiful worship. Uh, they heard the gospel uh, light in, in time frame anyway from me. But it was encouraging to see them leaning in. And so I just want to encourage you, church. Uh, I feel it's been a really good year. And I just want to give all the credit to our elders and to you uh, for the work that you're doing. Um, I want to dream forward with you a little bit. <laughs> Just as a, a few minutes before we close. Those of you who know me have been around here from day one. And that's probably, gosh, it's a handful of you. <laughs> because our church literally over the last 14 years is turned over like three times. People come here, they move away. By the way, none of you have permission to do that in 2024. Please stay. Okay, we need you here to do the work of ministry. But I've, I'm, a, I'm a big dreamer. I have always been a big dreamer. It's kind of like in my DNA. It's the way the Lord's wired me. And so, yeah, but on that note, like, we, we do know this. It's not my dreams or it's not my vision. Um, no, it, it, Jesus said he would build his church. Amen? Jesus said that, and he means it. However, even in his earthly life, Jesus was given the power of the Holy Spirit to be godly, to be God in the flesh. Well, he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us, to inspire us, to give us vision. You know, you can read Matthew 13 and the parables that Jesus gives in Matthew 13. Really good example of Jesus casting vision. Jesus said, for the kingdom of God is like this. Parable after parable after parable. So he's, he's trying to tell us, it, it, it's about the kingdom, kids. And by the way, here's how the kingdom expands. There's a vision casting sermon is really what it was. And so I, I, I don't know, I just love that. I, I love looking at vision, but I actually, on an anecdotal level, I'll say that 2023 was a... a 
a good year for me <laughs> after several really hard years. Uh, it was a good year because um, the Lord showed me that, uh, you know what, Glenn? Despite the fact that you still want to straighten all the chairs, <laughs> you, you can let some things go. Because they're here. They're doing it. And so he's been revealing a lot of things to my heart too, but that doesn't mean I don't keep dreaming and straightening chairs, okay? I want to I share with you a couple of things on a macro and a micro level really quickly. Um, going forward, dreaming forward for this year, my dreams, but also I hope our dreams as a church. Number one is that we, we receive shortly, we've applied for it, the, the lawyers have done it, we're going to write a check. Anyway, we have to, but it's in the government's hands now to approve our charitable status. So please pray about that because... That, and it will come through. There might be some modifications to it or whatever. But it is really, really critical because in order for us to open this ministry center, to give Rudy and the team the ability to open again and do ministry here Monday to Saturday or whatever we can do to begin with, we need this approved. So we want to pray that forward. We also want to... We have, we have plans. Rudy's put forward... Um, uh, a vision to the elders last fall, which we talked about at our last elders meeting, which we will bring to you in a few weeks. Great, great vision, including adding at least one more staff member to work full-time or part-time at least to begin with, with Rudy uh, as part of that. And so we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that with you. And, and, and so that's one of the dreams we have for this year is, is, is to get this open, to do ministry here. Sunday morning, yes, but every day. At every moment. That's why we did this. That was the original vision for this building. Um, we want to see a continued partnership with churches together. Uh, doing the worship nights spawned a few people going, coming from other churches that weren't on the banner of the three of us that were there going, why isn't our church part of this, right? And we were like, because your pastors haven't reached out to us. And that's just true. And so I've been preparing an email to invite some of those other pastors to come to our ministerial in January. And so we want to see that expanded. But again, we, we have to understand that the heart of not, not the, heart, the, hearts of, the heart of the three of us that are doing it now is that we would all be working together. And, and uh, yeah, there are some theological things, but there's, there's, there's a unity in a lot of things, and that's all that matters. But, so we're going to invite them and see how that goes. We also have, we want to see our prayer room grow. We want to, we're going to have the worship nights continue in this, this year coming up, probably once a quarter, not every month like we were doing to get them started. Um, Grace Kids on 99 is another thing that really is good. We send our kids and we, we encourage kids to, uh, parents to take their kids there on Wednesday nights. One of the things we're hoping we will do this year that we wanted to get, to get done last year but just couldn't is come late June, beginning of July, to do a sports camp as churches together. Uh, the Rock did that for four years in a row, I think, with the help of our church, uh, a big sister church in Fresno, California. And so we, we're really praying that that would be something. It, it, listen, again, sports camp would be 100 kids would come to the camp. 80 to 90 of those kids would be coming from unchurched homes. The kids are being taught about Jesus during breaks between basketball and floor hockey and whatever else, okay? Let me remind you of a couple of things uh, this morning um, about the mission. You all know these words. They'll be on screen. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus speaking to his disciples before he ascends and puts the mission of the church in their hands, says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always and to the end 
of the age. And so again, we, we, we see here that Jesus is giving the mission and he's casting the vision and, and yet at the same time he's saying, okay, <laughs> over to you. I'm passing the baton, church. It's to you. And so we, we can also see in that that our, our job, our responsibility is to make disciples who make disciples, right? Not just converts. How do we do that? Well, we teach them everything that Jesus has taught us. How are we going to do that unless we are in this? Personally, but also here on Sunday mornings. So this speaks into the idea of mission, evangelism, and discipleship. And that's what we're about as a church. I also want to remind us this morning about our mission, and vision statement that's on our website. And this will be on screen for you. It's why we exist. We exist as the Rock Church to make Jesus known. It's one of our banners back there. Make Jesus known. What does that take? (laughs) Spreading the word about him, right? We exist, therefore, to make disciples who make disciples by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit and gathering these disciples into the church here. Why? So we continue to disciple them and teach them everything we know that they might worship and obey Jesus Christ now and in eternity to the glory of God the Father. And so again, you've all heard this. It'll be on screen. There's three things that, uh, well, I said early on in the planting of this church, but it's become our, 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 our dream for the Rock Church as a church. And that is, is that, number one, that we are a Bible-teaching church. This is all I got. This is all you've got. This is all we've got. It's here. It needs to be taught. It needs to be taught. Secondly, that we become a Bible-believing church. All of it. All of it. Is it culturally sensitive? And difficult? Is it countercultural? Absolutely. It's also the truth. But then, but then out of that, we also become a Bible living church. And so on that point, and as I truly do want to get to a conclusion with you this morning, I want to talk about our worship a little bit. This is one of my personal dreams, but I believe the elders would concur uh, for twenty twenty four. And that is that we we continue to work on our liturgy. Now that's a word that some people go, Oh, hold on. That sounds Catholic as in Roman Catholic, right, or High Anglican, or Presbyterian. Well, it is, but it it, it simply is a word that means kind of order of service. It's it's like Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in what? The apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, the fellowship, and the prayers. But really, uh, um, I really want us to know prayerfully, and I love the way Nick has been doing it. He has no idea that what he did this morning is exactly what I want to do when we go to communion this morning, but it's beautiful. Well, I know that Nick has that heart. I know Rudy has it, is that we want to have a call to worship as you come here on Sunday mornings. And then throughout the liturgy of what we do as a church, we want to continue to focus on those four things, but other things as well. Prayers. We want to focus on testimony. We want to focus on confession and repentance. That'll be fun, right? Well, we do. And so one of the things I want to encourage you to do in 2024, and I'll be writing and talking about it, is let's show up early on Sunday morning, okay? As much as we can. I understand. There's babies. There's kids. There's issues. But let's consider our fellowship time to start at 930, okay? Because when we have a call to worship at 10, when Nick or Rudy or uh, Mark or whoever's leading worship gets up and gives us a call to worship, we are ready to worship our God. Amen? That's a bit of a challenge, but that's one of the things I'd like to see us do 
is that we, we come to worship God and we, we expand on that. We've been talking about it as elders. How can we lead you on Sunday mornings better into worship? And let me also state this. How many people believe that worship is what is done up here on stage by the musicians? Please shake your head and say, no, it's not. Because it isn't. It's worship music. Worship starts at the Rock Church at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. It starts when the worship team shows up here to rehearse and get ready. It starts when the the audio team and the video team get here to get ready to go. It starts when the Sunday school people start setting up the classes and when Gavin or whoever else is on cafe starts filling up the communion cups and, and starts getting the coffee ready. That's when the worship service starts. It's all worship. We're in worship right now. And so it's all part of the liturgy, and that's what I want to encourage you about Lastly, I just want to make this point. Uh, it comes out of our, our time on Christmas Eve. Um, it was rather interesting the, what the Lord put on my heart to share uh, as a gospel message at the end um, after the songs and beautiful time of worship. But I shared with uh, the people who were here uh, something that um, had come to me many years ago when we first planted the church when I asked an individual in our community, a businesswoman, uh, after many, many conversations with her about coming to faith in Jesus and believing in God because she wasn't there, I just asked her this question. Are things the way that they should be in our world? And her answer was, and your answer would be, and everyone on Christmas Eve's answer was, no. My second follow-up question to her was, well, how do you know that? How do you or I even know that? She was a bit puzzled because it was a good question. I, I didn't, the Holy Spirit, like I didn't have that question in my head before that. And that stumped her a little bit, pushed her back a little bit. And anyway, as I explained on Christmas Eve, um, it's one of the realities and, and the ways that we know that there is a God and that we know that there is an absolute truth. It's the only way that w- we know that. And how is that? It's called the Imago Dei, the image of God that's in every single one of you here this morning, whether you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ or not. And it's why you know not because of evolution, but it's why you know that things are not the way that they should be in the world or, listen, in you or in me, right? It's because of God. It's not because of us. I want to read a quote for you. It's a lengthy quote, but it's from C.S. Lewis, and it's back in the times. He was a, uh, he's passed, but he's a famous author, uh, apologist. Uh, His books are phenomenal, uh, good books to read. Um, But he wrote this about how he came from atheism, into faith in Jesus Christ and in God. He said this, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. That's that's an argument that I get from atheists all the time. If if there's a God, why does he, right? My argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust, but how had I got this idea of just and unjust in the first place? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? If the whole show was bad and senseless from A to Z, so to speak, why did I, who was supposed to be part of the show, a player in the show, find myself in such a violent reaction against it? Of course, I could have given up on my idea of justice by saying it was nothing but a private idea of my own. But if I had done that, then my argument against God collapsed too. For the argument depended on saying the world was really, actually unjust, not simply that it did not happen to please 
my fancies. One of the things I want to encourage you with in 2024 is this, because I remember a day, maybe 20, 30 years ago, where the church that I was in anyway, and many of the churches that were part of it was like, yeah, you know, the world out there, it's terrible. Yeah, we all know that. So what you want to do is you want to keep yourself clean and not become unclean, because, so you, get, you need to separate yourself from the world. A guy by the name of Charles Taylor calls that excarnation. In the book, You Are What You Love. It's quoted by him anyway. And, and the idea is, is that, you know, we, we've, the church, sometimes you can look at it, how bad it is, and schools and all. You say, no, no. Church, I just want to encourage you that it's pretty hard to make disciples make disciples if we don't go, right? Into these places. And like John shared with us today, into really troublesome places. I really want to encourage you on that level, but also on this level, and I'll close with this. Uh, an author that I really appreciate, uh, he's a pastor, author, his name is Mark Sayers from uh, Australia. He wrote a book, uh, I think in 2016, called The Disappearing Church. Man, that was encouraging. <laughs> no, not really. But then in 2019, he wrote a follow-up called, oh, hold on, The Reappearing Church. And recently, on his Rebuilders uh, podcast, he's been going over this for quite some time, and I'll I just want to encourage you with this. Look, sometimes we can feel like, you know, as Christians, as the church, especially if you're going to stand for what's in here, yeah, no, it's better. I just, I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to be hated. I don't want to lose my job, right? I just want to encourage you. The pendulum will swing back. And in fact, the pendulum is swinging. Mark has been looking at, one of the things I love about him is he's a brilliant observer of culture and his history and a writer on that and a speaker on that. And he's been pointing out that in Australia, which is like Canada, very secular, very secular country, and in the United States as well, the pendulum is swinging back. Here's the point. Do we want it to go all the way back over here where the world is horrible and look, the Christian church is in charge? We never will be. We never were. But I'll tell you this, when, when the pendulum hits bottom here, church, we need to be there. We need to be there. And people are searching today. People are searching today. An anecdote is this. I was at a home, uh, pardon me, a friend's giving at my daughter-in-law's and my son's, uh, not this November, but the previous November. A couple was standing there at the counter and uh, they were talking about homeschooling and I didn't know them and I knew they obviously knew my daughter-in-law and so I, I, I engaged them and said, uh, so uh, you're doing homeschooling your daughter? Yeah, yeah, we've been doing it now for two years. Well, that's great. What church do you go to? Because I knew they didn't go to The Rock. They, they, then he spoke up. Oh, we don't go to church. We're not Christians. I'm thinking, okay. They're part of Heritage Christian Schools online curriculum program. So I said, well, what's with that? Very interesting. He said to me, well, you know, during COVID, my wife decided to be the one who stay home to look after our daughter and teach our daughter. He said, but Glenn, the, the, the bottom line is, um, we're concerned about how things might be presented to our kids. Um, and so we wanted, to, we wanted to teach them. Now, I'm not proposing homeschool is the way to go. All. If it was, then we'd be no salt and light in the schools, amen? We need to be there. But all to say, today, homeschooling is growing faster in British Columbia through non-Christian homes than Christian homes. And so there's a both and there. We need to encourage that, and we also see that as a pendulum swing. But also, we, church, we need to be in the schools, bringing salt and light there. Amen?
not just sending our kids there and throwing our hands in the air, but no, going into the schools and supporting those who are already in the schools. I'll leave you with this quote by Nikki Gumbel that I quoted five years ago. I love it because it says this. Look back and thank God. Look forward and trust God. Look around and serve God. Look up and seek God. There it is. Good. Let's dream together for 2024. Pray with me, would you? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you for all of its blessings and its encouragement to us. Um, Lord, I just want to... I just want to pray, Lord, for those of us who are here this morning, those of who may be watching online or will watch later. Lord, as a church body, would you unify us really around you, around your word, around the gospel? Would you encourage us in this year ahead that, Lord, you have many, many people in this community that don't know you yet, but you know them. And you want to bring them to us so that we can love on them, disciple them, and lead them to faith in you. So I pray, Lord, that you would bless our church family and encourage us in this year ahead. And I pray these things in your worthy name, Jesus. Amen.